0: Early on a Sunday morning High above a gallow tree Kevin Barry gave his young land For the cause of liberty Just a lad of 18 summers Yet there's no one can deny that he went to death that morning nobly held his head up high shoot me like an Irish soldier do not hang me like a dog for I fought for Ireland's freedom on that dark September morning when all around Bakery, we fought them hand to hand. Shoot me like an Irish soldier, for I fought to free Ireland. Just before he faced the hangman in his lonely prison cell, British soldiers tortured Barry. Just because he would not tell The names of his companions Other things they wish to know Turn informer and will free you Proudly bury answer no Shoot me like an Irish soldier Do not hang me like Doll. For I fought for Ireland's freedom On that dark September morning When all around the little big green We fought them hand to hand Shoot me like an Irish soldier For I fought to free Ireland
1: Well, folks, Kumani Jiadeepsha, it's Gerry Adams here. And for those of you who didn't recognise the voice singing Kevin Barry, it was Leonard Cohen. And this little podcast is about Kevin Barry, and I want to dedicate it to our friend and comrade Pat McGivern. Pat was one of those wonderful Belfast Republican women who stood up against. RUC raiding parties, British Army RAF squads who stood up against the occupation of our community, against the old Orange State, who was there positively in support of the prisoners, campaigning on the streets, on picket lines, protesting, marching, placarding. And then as we started to get a bit of sense into the establishment's head, campaigning for peace and for talks and a Janula Clan Pat August So Kevin Barry was executed at the age of 18 and his torture and execution by the British attracted huge national and international attention and his name still evokes a very deep-rooted emotional connection to a young man who heroically fought for Irish freedom and then ended his life at the end of a hangman's rope. And the song is perhaps one of the best known uh, Republican songs. I, I don't know who wrote the lyrics, but the whole raft of singers, international singers, as well as you know, from the Clancy Brothers, the to Wolf Tones, a lot of our own uh, performers and musicians, but also the likes of Leonard Cohen and Hank Lachlan did a, a version as well. So, next Sunday, November the 1st, that's the centenary of Kevin Barry's execution. And next Sunday plans to unveil a statue for him in his home place down in. Carlo and Rothbilly have been postponed because of the virus. And instead there will be a wreath line and an on- online video, and details can be got from www.carlolibraries.ie. I want to talk here about two books that have just been published reminding us of Kevin Barry's story. The first, the story of Cabernbury, it's a new edition of a book by Sean Cronin with a foreword by the legendary IRA guerrilla leader Tom Barry, who commanded the third West Cork flying column during the Town War. And this book was first published in 1965. It's now been republished by the National Commemorations Committee and has a new foreword by Octoron, Hen Mary Lou MacDonald. Incidentally, Sean Cronin was a highly significant figure within Republican politics. He was IRA chief of staff in 1959. He was the author of the 1950s res- IRA's resistance campaign in the North. He was not only a writer, he was a historian, uh, a visionary leader, and he wrote many influential books, including what I think is a, a definitive piece of work, Irish nationalism. He also edited it and published the papers of Joe McGarrity, who actually funded the Easter Rising. He's done a biography of Frank Rand and Freedom the Wolf Tome Way. And when he died in 2011, he left behind an unpublished biography of James Connolly. So his account of Kevin Barry's life is insightful. It's deeply moving. It's about an intelligent, deeply committed young Republican who embraced the struggle for Irish freedom. He was a herder. He played rugby. He was at the University College Dublin where he was studying medicine. And he was arrested on Monday, the 20th of September 1920, during an IRA operation against the British Army in which three British soldiers were killed. And on the 20th of October, a month later, he was tried by a British Army court martial. He refused to recognise the British court. He was found guilty and sentenced to death by hanging. And there was a huge campaign to save his life. And in his book, Sean Cronin tells us that almost from the day of his capture, Cabin Barry's comrades made plans to rescue him. As the date of the execution approached, the plans grew more desperate. And the final one had to be abandoned on the night before he was hanged. Sean also tells us that Cabin Barry hoped for a time that death might come by way of a firing squad rather than the gallows. And he quotes a friend of Barry's who visited him the day after he received confirmation of his death sentence. His friend wrote, "Cabin is meeting death as he met life with courage, but with nothing of the braggart. He does not believe that he's doing anything wonderfully heroic. Again and again and again, he's begged that no fuss be made of him. It is nothing, he says, to give one's life for Ireland. I'm not the first. Maybe I won't be the last. What's my life compared with the cause? The day before his execution, Captain Barry was allowed three separate visits. The last was taken by his mother, Mary, his brother and sisters. British soldiers and blackened lined the prison courtyard. Two auxiliaries and five or six prison warders were in the visit room, making conversation difficult. And Sean Cronin describes that scene. The deputy govern, governor came into the room and announced that the visit was over. We turned at the door for a last look, and he was standing at the salute. And one of Barry's last visitors was Father Albert, one of the Capuchin priests who attended the 1916 leaders before their executions. And he also later recalled that visit. We opened our conversation in Irish. We chatted for a while over various things. He struck me as a magnificent boy, wonderfully calm, and at the same time I could see that he undoubtedly appreciated the fact that within a few hours he was doomed to be put to death. Father Albert asked Kevin if he had a last message. He replied, The only message I have for anyone is hold on and stick to the Republic. At 8am the following morning, Kevin Barry was hanged in Mount Joy Jail as thousands knelt in prayer outside the walls of the prison. There were 10 prisoners altogether, nine other Republican prisoners who were hanged by the British. They were called the Forgotten Ten, Kevin Barry, Frank Flood, Thomas Whelan, Patrick Moran, Thomas Bryan, Patrick Doyle, Bernard Ryan, Thomas Trainer, Edward Foley and Patrick Maher. And following a long campaign for the remains to be returned to their families, on the 1st of November 2000, the 80th anniversary of the execution of Cavanbury, it was announced at a ceremony in Mountjoy prison that the forgotten ten were to be reinterred. And on the 14th of October, 2001, the ten coffins draped in the Irish tricolour were driven through the streets of Dublin to the applause of thousands who lined the route. I'm glad that myself and Martin McGuinness were among those in attendance. Nine of these heroes were buried in Glasnevin Cemetery. Patrick Maher was buried in Limerick. That version of Kevin Burry's song was sung by Boy George, George O'Dowd, who discovered in the course of a BBC programme that he was related to Kevin Burry. The other book that I want to deal with today is Called Years Till Hell Freezes, a memoir of Kevin Barry. And it's written by Sephra O'Donovan, who is the grand niece of Kevin Barry, and it's published by Coroc Books. This book is a fascinating account of the Barry family and its connections with some of the best known historical events in our history, including the Great Hunger and the Land League. And we learn that Kevin was born on the 20th of January 1902 in Number 8 Fleet Street in Dublin and we learn of the family's connections and links to Carlo. And she tells us that he was nurtured on tales of Michael Dwyer who took to the hills for five years after the defeat at Vinegar Hill in County Wexford, in 1798. And Sephora O'Donovan writes, To a young boy, stories of the wild Irish rebels in the mountains who resisted the redcoats for five years, must have been very thrilling. She also records in the family home at Tumbeg. There's even a piece of the vestments of Father Murphy, the priest who led the rebellion at Fingler Hill. There were many songs sung at Tumbeg. Apart from rebel songs, Kevin Barry loved to sing Come Back, Paddy Riley, to "Bally James Duff. That's a romantic song by Percy French and really it's a song about emigration. Cifra O'Donovan's book provides an invaluable insight into the life of Cabinbury and his family, the events that influenced and his politics, and the courage he displayed in joining the Irish Republican Army and the fight for Irish freedom. In 1915, in the Mansion House Dublin, a commemoration was held to remember the Manchester Martyrs, William Philip Allen, Michael O'Brien and Michael Larkin, who were hanged in Salford in November 1867. The three were hanged for killing a police officer as they tried to free two of their comrades from a prison ban. And Sephora O'Donovan describes this as the very event that cemented the 13-year-old Kevin Barry's Republican conviction. He wanted to join Nafena Aran right there and then. So this is a, a well-written and informative book It contains, again, some little gems. For example, go back to the ballad of Cavanbury. She recalls her Paul Robeson, the, the famous activist and African-American singer. Her, he came to record uh, a 12-inch record of the ballad in 1957, and she tells how her father told that Robeson came upon the ballad when Potter O'Donnell, another Republican leader and social agitator and IRA uh, volunteer as well, and a friend were travelling across America in a car and they got a puncture. And a limousine pulled in to help them and stepped Paul Robeson. So, of course... Potter O'Donnell and Robeson got to talk and the talk came about Ireland and Robson expressed interest in recording an Irish song and Potter O'Donnell suggested Kevin Barry and Potter sang the song, sang the melody to him and Robson wrote down the words. So to Pat McGivern and all the workers of Green Cross Here's Paul Robson singing Cavanbari, Gunir and Ta Lebsha, Goromila Slanlev.
2: the poor. that morning proudly held his head on high calmly standing at attention while he bade his last farewell to his broken hearted mother can for the cause he proudly cherished this sad parting had to be. Then to death walked softly smiling that old island my.